0: Hi, it's Lacey Lane with The More You Know Grenada. Join me as we talk to local business owners, discuss family fun activities and community events, and use our platform to keep our community up to date on the happenings around us. Welcome to The More You Know Grenada. Thank you for choosing The More You Know Grenada. This evening, I will be reading to you a short story for the Halloween holiday. This short story was written by Alexander Willoughby, and the title is called The Scarlet Vow. Magic is forbidden. Everyone in the village knew that the church had banned the dark arts and all the texts and tomes that made reference to them. The father hosted book burnings every month with the express purpose and intent of purging these heresies from our world. As the good Lord demanded of him, and the town folk, well, they complied, of course, for who were they to question the will of the Lord and his servant? They knew what was best for the village, so why wouldn't they obey? The townsfolk handed over any book that the father asked them to without even taking a moment to hesitate. All except... That poor, poor girl, that girl, that orphan, who the village collectively called that girl, was the daughter of a scribe, and her father had owned many and written many texts, all of which were stored in a cellar underneath his house, secured in a chest that could only be unlocked with a golden key. No one truly knew what things the scribe had written down there, but he always made sure to keep them secret and safe, even from his own family. The scribe often took trips down into the city, whether for business or for pleasure, and he always left the girl at home, taking his precious key along with him. However, this time, whether by fate or misfortune, the girl found the golden key lying on the kitchen table after her father had left. For her few years of life, she'd always seen her father write in these books, even though he, he, he'd even taught her to read using these books. However, he kept those books away from her, locked, just out of reach. Her curiosity had always been there, but she'd never had the means of which to sate it until that fateful night with a twist and a click, and her future was changed forever. A farmer returning to his home after a day at the market gazed into the scribe's home only to see the girl reading one of those strange texts. No one bothered to learn what foul sorcery or incantation was written upon those pages. To do so would have been to condemn themselves for the same fate as the girl, who was ripped from her home, kicking and screaming into the night. The farmer dragged her through the town where all the people heard the girl's cries. However, it was not her cries that concerned them. It was the farmer's cries of WITCH! AND HEARSAY! That got the town's folks' attention. And before they knew it, a mob had formed. And that mob threw her beaten body before the father. The father was heartbroken. He'd helped raise this child. He'd been there at the moment of her birth, the same day her mother passed from this world. He had preached to her the scripture, read to her from the good word of the Lord, only for it to all be in vain. And he wept as they assembled the pyre and he cried as she was tied to the cross. Please, she pleaded. I am not a witch. I've done nothing wrong. Silence, servant of Lucifer. One of the farmers shouted, shut your mouth, shouted another. Father, please don't let them do this. The girl looked to the priest, his her eyes begging for mercy he was incapable of showing. Instead, he tried to explain his actions. I am sorry. He apologized, his voice plain, careful to hide the sorrow in his soul. The good book has told us unto us the dangers of sorcery and witchcraft, just as it has. And I practiced neither, she cried, tears running down her reddened face. I know not what I saw. I was washing the table and I saw father's book lying there. Lies, a farmer shouted, the same one that had found her. She was reading by candlelight. Why would the pages even be opened if thou were not looking upon them? And the girl wanted to argue, but the only sound that came from her was a stifled yelp of frustration and fear. And after a moment or two, the girl managed to speak more. Even if I did read it, surely I am not deserving of this. You shall not permit a sorceress to live, the father quoted. To do so is to invite the wrath of the fear of God upon us all, and we have no choice. And the next sound... The girl made was a cry of furious anguish and equal parts despair and rage and the sound ripped at the priest's heart who cried out to the girl. But there is still hope for you. Repent, renounce your pact with Satan, and the Lord may see fit to save your soul from the horrors of hell. I have made no pact, no bargain. I am innocent, she begged, her voice getting even more desperate as she noticed the oil being poured on the pyre please believe me i beg of you child it is not within my power to grant you forgiveness forgiveness is between you and the lord you forsook and the only thing louder than the flames roaring to life were the girl's final cries please father please mere seconds passed before the flames had engulfed her but her screams lasted longer The girl howled into the night sky, howling so loud her throat must have torn itself apart. Eventually, however, the screams stopped and the flames died, and there the father stood until he, there were not embers. Nothing remained of the girl or the text she had read from. The only thing left in the town square that night was the deafening silence in the air and the screams that haunted the priest's mind. those screams still haunted the priest even a decade later even as he stood upon his soapbox preaching the good word to his flock all it took to remind him of that night was the flickering of one odd torch beside him the night had begun to cool and for his old bones they didn't handle the cold well anymore some of the folks clapped for him when the sermon ended thanking him for another sermon before returning to their homes. The flurry of wonderful sermon, Father, and God bless you, Father, were ordinary to him now. He'd been a member of the clergy for more than 30 years, longer than many a man had lived. And after shaking the hands of his flock, the father grabbed his box, placed his book within, and began to walk the market. The sun had just sunk behind the trees, and thus the villagers were starting to pack up whatever leftover wares they had in order to head on home. The priest recognized all of the faces he passed. He'd been there when most of these folks were born, and to many it felt as if he would be there when they passed. The market around him was abuzz with townsfolk packing up their wares, making their final purchases before the night fell upon them. The last light of the sun had turned to an amber-orange, and it cast a burning glow across the town. The deadened leaves of the surrounding trees glowed as well, with fiery reds and yellows and oranges. A cool breeze blew through the town, prompting the priest to pull his cloak ever so tighter around his body. The priest thought that the winter would come early this year, but this chill seemed different in some way. To the chapel, the father swiftly walked through the street. But as he walked, his gaze fell upon a man he'd not seen at his sermon. The village's young hunter, clothed in deer skins and his father's bow, slung upon his shoulder, stood. The boy's ragged eyes met his, and a warm smile crossed the hunter's face. Good evening, father. "'The hunter called out to him. "'Sorry for missing the sermon. "'I just got back to town. "'No worries, my son,' the priest smiled. "'The hunter always did his best "'to make it to the main sermons. "'And the father knew the hunter had to make his living. "'His father had passed not a moon ago, "'and he was still struggling to make up for his absence. "'I just got us another deer this evening,' the hunter told him. "'If you wish, I'll bring some of the meat to mass.' Worry not, my child, the priest reassured him, as long as you make it to the sermon, that'll be enough for me. I was thinking about bringing some stew anyway. The hunter swiftly spoke, maybe we could have a small putluck before truly winter begin and as the hunter spoke, a howl rolled through the town, and with it came a cold wind. The howl made the hair on the priest's neck stand at end, and the wind was different in some way. It was not the same cool breeze he'd felt mere moments before. This wind chilled him right to the bone, just as the howl did. As people started yelling and running back to their homes, the priest stammered to the hunter. Since when did did wolves get this close to the village? The hunter, with his eyes to the main road, "'Through the town, responded, "'I've heard and hunted many wolves with my father, but that...' "'His voice trailed off as he turned the face to priest. "'With a crazed look of fear in his eyes, "'That, that was no wolf.' "'The hunter pulled an arrow from his quiver as he spoke. "'Go get to the chapel, father. "'I'll be there as soon as I can.' And as the priest began to run, run towards the chapel, his feet moving faster than his age should have allowed, around him the townsfolk clutched their crosses, muttered prayers to the Lord for salvation before sealing themselves within their own homes. And the priest, he quickly made his way to the chapel. It was the largest building in town, and it was still minuscule compared to some that he had once had the privilege of visiting. It was made of plain gray stone and decorated with the plain clear glass panes a fine building compared to the thatch roofed huts that surrounded it he burst through the worn wooden doors of the church before locking them behind him the old priest even moved out an old cabinet in front of the door to further barricade it before falling into one of the wooden pews that lined the main room His eyes were drawn to the large stained glass mural above the altar where he usually stood. The mural depicted St. Isidore, the patron saint of farmers and of the field worker. It was then that the priest got a handle on the fear wrapped around his heart and grabbed one of the Bibles from the pew, grasping it firmly in his crooked fingers. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, he began. He knew in his heart that the Lord would protect him from evil, but the prayer soothed his beating heart in his chest and calmed his racing mind. However, as he was halfway through his prayer, the screams began. Screams of man, woman, and child rose from the village beyond those stone walls alongside cries and screeches far too terrible for any man to make. The priest heard wood-break, glass-shatter, and stone crack as the screams rose high into the night sky. He could not see. After a few long, dreadful minutes, the screams lessened as the cracking of fire could be heard from beyond those stone walls. The firelight dancing in the windows around him. The priest stood from his pew and crept towards his altar scared that any sound of movement would alert the ghastly ghoul lurking outside. His eyes once drifted up to the mural above his head, to that stained glass that he so enjoyed gazing upon, except as the screams around him died down, he noticed deep tears start to seep from the glass. Fear once again gripped his heart, but his fear was different, different to any he had felt in the past. His blood turned cold and his heart started pounding in his ears. His hands balled themselves into fist as his entire body began shaking uncontrollably. This was not the work of any brigand or bandit. Of that he was certain. This was the work of the devil himself. With that chilling revelation, came the scraping of wood on stone as the priest noticed the cabinet in front of the door moving on its own it slowly slid itself out of the way of the door before stopping and all other sound went with it seemingly draining itself out of the room it made the sound of the door unlocking and opening far louder than it should have been Slowly, painfully, slowly did those doors open as if someone was afraid to let themselves in. The priest clutched his podium with his gnarled hands, his face wild with fear as that door moved by itself. By the time it was done, the priest's mind was at the end of its rope, unable to even remember the Lord's prayer. He stammered to himself what pieces he could, but the only thing The creatures beyond heard was him shouting at the top of his lungs, In the name of God, reveal yourself! All remained silent as a figure emerged from the smoke beyond the doorway. A woman, no older than the hunter that had spoken earlier, stood there, wearing naught but a crimson cow. Her face was a pristine porcelain white, but the rest of her scarlet stained skin shimmered in the light of the fire around her, and her eyes had a glow to match the flames, as if they were portals into hell itself. Begone, witch! the priest shouted, clutching a cross with a grip so tight it turned his knuckles white. Leave this place! Your kind cannot enter the Lord's domain! This is not the domain of God, priest the woman chuckled as she stepped through the doorway this is the domain of an old man who prays to his good books for help begone wicked one the priest shouted again lest the lord smite you where you stand you call me the wicked one <laughs> she laughed as she passed the first pew. When you two set the page, the animal and the child to the flame, seems to me we are one and the same. Silence your blasphemies. The priest's hand shook more and more with each step the witch took. I'll not hear them. Your ears need not hear them. Just As long as your heart does, the witch hissed. The priest began spitting out any scriptures that his mind could conjure. But as she drew closer and his panic grew, his memory continuously failed him. His fear had grown too great and the witch knew so. What? No more pious words for me. No more words to quote from that little book of yours, she mocked. Who are you? Why are you doing this? The witch's answer did not come in the form of words, but in a gesture, a lifted arm and a pointed finger. And the priest followed the finger to the left side of the room where he saw a funeral pyre fueled by leather-bound books and old wood. He watched it light itself, and the screams of the girl flowed back into his mind, as did the realization, it's, it's you. His words came out as a whisper, far more quiet than the girl's manic laughter. You do remember? <laughs> I was afraid you'd not have time to remember a lost soul like me. "'You are a witch, a, a wretched, blasphemous devil!' "'He screamed at her, and surprisingly, "'the smirk that had been stuck to the girl's face "'faded into an expression of rage. "'Not then I wasn't. "'I was no monster all those years ago. "'Lies you read from Lucifer's works. "'We all knew, and the priest shouted to her, "'anger overcoming his fear for a mere moment. "'I am the monster you made me!' As the girl screeched, each and every window in the chapel exploded into a fiery canopy. "Canopy, You force this upon me, you and your accusations. And faster than any human should move, the girl was immediately on top of the priest with a wretched, clawed hand wrapped around his throat. Do you want to know what I was reading when the farmer dragged me from my home? The diary of my mother! It was no spell book, no ritual guide, no text of the devil. But you didn't care, did you? The priest's response was stifled as the girl's talons reached around his throat, and she scoffed, No, you didn't. None of you did. What was it you offered to me whilst you prepared my pyre? Your Lord's mercy. What servant of God would burn an innocent girl in hellfire? Yes, hellfire, born from your pride. You thought you knew it all. You knew my guilt. You knew my fate. But no, I was given a way out, a way out I didn't want, but I had no Choice besides the devil's mercy. No, no mercy, none for the corrupted lamb. No mercy for the girl who read one of her daddy's strange, scary books. No mercy for the girl on the pyre. But that's all right. Perhaps I never deserved mercy in the first place. Perhaps God knew what my destiny entailed and saw it fit to let me burn in those flames. Or perhaps he saw use for me, a tool to burn the wicked from his very own church a righteous cleansing flame and she released the priest from her grasp. but he found that he still could not move he felt as if the house worth of steel had been placed upon him as none of his muscles responded to command it matters not she whispered to herself around her each and every one of the books in the chapel rose into the air, floated over to the priest before gently settling themselves down. Please, please, please don't do, don't do this. He choked out as the girl turned back away from him. Cute. (laughs) She chuckled, but this one sounded different. This one sounded wounded. As if her mind were somewhere far, far away. Her burning eyes met the priest's one final time, and he saw the hate, the sin, but most importantly, the pain behind them. Beg louder. Maybe the devil will grant you the same mercy as he did me. And when her voice died, the inferno began, and the books covering the priest erupted into flames and his voice screamed out every manner of prayer that it could conceive. Perhaps God heard his servant cry out for mercy. Perhaps he died quickly as the Holy Father granted mercy upon him. Perhaps even the devil himself offered him the same bargain that he did that little girl all those years ago. All that we know is that night when the moon turned red as blood, when the crimson hour struck, the girl had her revenge as for the first time in 10 years she felt the warmth of home one final time the more you know grenada podcast is brought to you in part by listeners just like you and our following sponsors merle norman of grenada located at 1321 sunset drive delta bean coffee bar and cafe located at 651 west monroe street Save More Drugs and Gifts, located at 1967 Commerce Street, Live Love 10, located at 1728 Commerce Street, and Shelter Insurance, Lacey Lane, located at 830 Lakeview Drive. Thank you so much, Grenada, and catch us next week for another episode of The More You Know Grenada.